Yeah, so I just click record a little sooner than that makes sense. Yeah, just that moving the mic because <laughs> it moves. It moves mine as well. Oh, sorry. I'll move my face then. Really close to you. Yeah, and I can. Adju- I'll adjust, adjust you. It, yeah, but um, yeah. All right. Hello, everyone. Can I tell my favorite story about Jack? Wait, wait, wait. We have to introduce Jack first. <laughs> <laughs> I need no introduction. <laughs> uh, this is his introduction. It's the story. So, <laughs> in the vault with us today. You call it the vault? It's it called is. the vault. It's called the vault. We have something like that at Catholic Answers, and only our president has the key to all oh, the answers. Excellent. Yeah. So, Jack Bassich is a friend of mine and Taylor's and he knows a lot about a lot of different things. He's one of those guys that you can basically ask a variety of different questions on different topics and he'll probably have a good answer. So we wanted to bring him on today to speak about vice and virtue and the journey from vice to virtue and Aristotelian virtue ethics and Thomistic, I guess it would be natural, natural law theory, I guess is what it turned into. Um, but yeah, wait, what is your story on Jack? So welcome, Jack. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Excellent. Um, yeah. Jack also works for Catholic Answers. If, I do. If you guys didn't pick that up. I I also, I edit, I, I do video stuff. But um, For Catholic Answers. For Catholic Answers, yeah. But Shout I, out uh, to Catholic Answers. I do my, I guess my verification for knowing anything about any Anything of we're talking <laughs> relevant today because that's not video editing. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I I added a philosophy theology major while I was here, so I ended up double majoring. In oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. Know I know. Um, cool. When did yeah. you do that? When did you decide uh, that? Like quarter five or co- COVID? COVID quarter. Right, right, right before COVID, I was okay. like, you know what? I took well. Chris, okay. Chris sent me, he just got ordained. Chris, oh, what's his last name? I'm bl- I'm literally blanking on his last name. He just got ordained at St. Peter's. He was here. Chris, I'm sorry if you're, if you're listening to this, I'm just completely forgetting your yeah, last he, name. Yeah, he, he just, just got ordained. He, he went, to sem- he was in seminary. Yes. When we were, when I was in school, he sent me a philosophy of God lecture by mm. Father Annie from like several years before that. Because he wasn't teaching it, I just listened to it recorded, <clears> and I was like, "It." I was like, "Okay, I guess I'm. A- I guess I want to do this now." So I added it. Um, and yeah, now I'm just doing independent study. After I graduated and with with that, yeah. And then I just I I've kept reading and doing stuff with the Thomistic Institute and just the Thomist journals and stuff. So yeah. The Domestic Institute's really good. I've been looking yeah. more into after we had our conversation that a couple weeks back or whatever it was. So it's like really good stuff. What's it your story on Jack? My story on Jack. Oh boy. So we were we were all out surfing. There was about six of us. And do you remember? I remember this. Story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of our buddies caught this great wave, but Jack kind of didn't notice him and then dropped in on that wave oh, no. and totally ruined that guy's wave. And Jack was completely oblivious. And I was <laughs> further out into the ocean with another guy. And we were watching it all go down. <laughs> and the best part was at the end of Jack's, like, really good ride. And it was, like, a really good ride. He's like, I got it. <laughs> and the other guy was like, oh, man. 
It was awesome. I could see the interior struggle within him. It was really funny. I was like, I'm so sorry. I literally just did not use my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) It was it was great. We had a couple of those. I wish that there was more, but we we would have a couple of instances where like six of us would be able to go at the same time. It was really fun. I don't I, know how many of those you went on, but you at least I, we did on a that couple. One. Okay, yeah, cool. We went to um, pipes a lot, but that's yeah. just the place up in Cardiff, huh? Um, down in Cardiff, Car- down in Cardiff. I, yeah, I, I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah no, you're, you're, no, you're, you're right. You're further down. I dislike when people do that. What? Like when the I up say and down? Yeah, the up and down thing. It's like, um, okay, no, actually, <laughs> um, actually, figure it out. It's um, a little west, idiot, to be idiot. honest. You know, Father Riley, Father Riley, <laughs> Professor Riley. <laughs> the, He's converted to Rome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, his global cultures class, the first class he has, he flips the globe. Oh, that's. He like, yeah, so there's this image of the globe flipped, and Africa's a lot bigger. Because it is a lot bigger, and for some reason the yeah. Europeans really wanted Europe to look a lot bigger on the map. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> but I always I feel like I would cool dislike that, he that class. It. He like flipped it. Um, I feel like I would be very uncomfortable in that class. I'm sure this segues a little bit into you, but it was cool. Like he'd show different videos, movies from different cultures every week. And they okay. were pretty good. Okay. It was it was cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. I yeah. think the best movie was the one where two kids had to share a pair of shoes. Yes. Okay. I think th- my wife told me about this one. Yeah. I think. It was really good. Yeah. There were other ones. They were all good. All of them were good. But that was probably the most sort of heartwarming one, in my opinion. Nice. I, don't, I remember that class. I've, I have no recollection at the present moment of what <laughs> happened in that class but <laughs> we read uh silence and yeah, silence that is a um, book the things fall apart which was also really good it was about the protestant missionaries and the african oh culture and i the, didn't read that the man was very abused like, it's a good one that? it's really good it's done remember. it's done in like a very sort of like hyper realistic kind of way it doesn't really want to have an opinion on anything that's going on, it more just like describes it, and it's done in a really cool way. The Japanese martyrs, man, are underrated, dude. Yeah. Okay, let me just they were rant about Japan real quick. <laughs> Japanese persecution of Christians, yeah, during the 1800s was brutal. Yeah, yeah, like brutal. I don't know much about it, so we there was they opened trade in the in the early 1800s to the Dutch for coffee. Actually, that's why Japan has such good coffee. So. I guess there was a good that came out of the evil, but Ooh. there are there are Catholics in Japan, and, and actually, in, uh, I I think this is something divine. At the two bomb sites, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, yeah, 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 have yeah. the biggest Catholic populations in Japan. Yeah, that survived really. I mean, two atomic bombs, and That's then pretty wild. Really, like almost a hundred years of pretty brutal persecution by magistrates. That's yeah. Crazy. Endo period, but yeah, mm. Japanese mart. I forget their feast day, which is kind of ironic since yeah. I'm talking about them. But I think it's. Do you I, know one of the names? Is one of them Paul Miki? I think so. Yeah. Okay, that's in February. I think. February. And then there's a cu- yeah. there's a, there's other ones. There's another feast day for them, and I forget. There was like a mass crucifixion of them. They would crucify them in tidal pools. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you seen the movie? Yeah, Silence. Yeah. I, I didn't watch the movie, but I read the book. The movie shows the, the that, that, that yeah. torture, and it's yeah. it is. It's and they're like, "This is your fault. 
This, yeah. You, it's, yeah. yeah, it's pretty gnarly scene. mental. Yeah. Anyway. Virtuous men. I have a segue story that actually will lead into this. Yeah. Cool, we good, had good, it. Good. Taylor and I, probably my first or second year, had a discussion. Oh, I forget that this moves your mind, too. You're good. Yeah. Um, had a discussion. He, we, he, I don't remember how it came up, but we were talking about can a person in a state of grace and a person in a life of sin be friends. Oh, yeah. He said no, and I said yes. I have since completely flipped that opinion. <laughs> Following my great teacher, St. Thomas Aquinas, <laughs> no, because a cause shares in its effects, or effects shares in its cause, right? So if you're, it, you start a friendship, friendship according to, like, um, Aristotle, and then Aquinas follows him, is sharing the same life, yeah. sharing the same interior life. So you can't really, you have to have the same likes and dislikes. And that might be like, you might you don't have to like exactly the same thing. Like we can still be friends and I like cars and you like nothing about cars, but it's, mm-hmm. you have to have the same, today we would use worldview, but you would have to have the same, I'm just going to quote, he says likes and dislikes and you have to share that. Um, and you have to, you have to have, both be moving towards the same end, right? Yeah, and I think an important distinction, because otherwise I think people might take it the wrong way, is um, like none of this is to say that you can't be friends with someone who's striving, like the end, right? The telos, yeah. right? Like it has to, you have to have the same end. So they're striving for a virtuous life, a holy life, a life within the church, right? They're striving yeah. for that. Versus a secular um, person who's like, you know, in the hookup culture and doesn't believe in God and is consistently doing these like vicious yeah. quote unquote things. Right. So there's a difference between someone who struggles with mortal sin, for example, within the Catholic Church and someone who does not. Yeah. No, that's a I, that's a very important distinction to draw. And you can you can be acquainted with people. And oh, yeah. Yeah. In vice. But you can't if we're going to take their if we're going to take. Aristotle's definition of friendship, you can't share the same life with some because you yeah. you're not sharing the same end. And he says friendship is very hard to do. It happens very rarely with very few people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. you have yeah. you have every right. Like we have this weird, I don't know, imposition as modern American young people to be friends with a ton of people. I I say air quotes. I yeah. would I would definitely be cautious of that because I mean it's going to drain you emotionally and for different reasons, but you just kind of based because of the type of creature you are, you can't, you can only have a couple very, very good friendships at certain times. So, yeah. Um, because it's, you st- if you're sharing, if friendship is sharing the same life, there are things that if they're, if they're doing something that's not virtuous, it starts wearing at you. Um, so, so, Add on to that, I have a story of um, two people and um, both of the same sex and living together, right? And they have some difficulties in their friendship. Um, One's a little too overbearing and the other one kind of struggles with that disposition. And something that I had recognized talking to the person that's not trying to be overbearing is... 
the person that was trying to be overbearing, sorry, I'm making this more difficult than it needs to be, but the person that was being overbearing wants to make casual conversations almost ritualistic, like necessary, like you owe this to me. This Mm. is a serious deal where casual conversation should be casual. And if all you're doing in your casual conversation or this casual relationship or casual conversations, um, but you're treating them in this very serious and intense way. It's like that's that's kind of an imbalance there. If you have a casual relationship, it shouldn't be super hard to like set boundaries on it. Yeah. But for some reason, people get really, really obsessed with these like casual relationships, casual conversations. And I think that's just a it's a symptom of a misunderstanding of friendship that's in culture today. Yeah. Oh. So it's a little bit of a segue, but I think it like really yeah. relates. Yeah, I think ultimately, I think, I mean, Aristotle, I think Aquinas probably agrees somewhere in his vast, vast, <laughs> vast, vast, yeah, vast no, amount of work. It's, um, it, I mean, Aristotle <laughs> sends, spends basically the last, the second half of the ethics on friendship. And there's a lot, yeah. sharing the same life, there's a lot to that. Um, but like, and, and I think the, the, the best, the best kind, right, is the, the one that helps you build virtue, right? I think. Yeah, that may not be as present in Aristotle, but it's definitely in Aquinas where it's like if yes, yeah, you have to. It's best to be friends with someone that helps you be more virtuous. If you're not talking about and moving towards both your natural and supernatural ends, yeah, then you don't really have a friendship. Mm. Um, and the way you do that is going to look different for the different kind of friendships you have, like the friendship of uh, our friendship, right, or some of your really close guy friends, the way that you do that is going to look different than the way you do that with your wife. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And you're going to actually going to be, I, they would say you're going to be better friends with your wife than anyone else. They're going to say that marriage is the, the, you guys are both married. So yep. The maximum, I forget how you say it in Latin. I'm, I'm Egyptian. So Latin doesn't work that well (laughs) with me, but, um, That's it's funny. the max. It's the maximal friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that I think that that's very natural. I think it, that plays out perfectly because yeah. it's the person you spend the most yeah, time yeah. with. It's the one you um, create a family with. So I, th- I think that makes sense. I think the g- going in more into I guess like the the virtue side of of things. Do right? you want to define virtue first? We keep talking about it. This and is true. Do you want? Well, we we just could, in case yeah, yeah, yeah let's let's, let's like, define it. And I think there's two things that a lot of people miss um when doing either shows or or tv series or podcasts on on the virtues is uh one is yeah defining like giving a good definition and then two is why like why be virtuous um Uh, and not just like oh so so yeah yeah give a definition well there's a there's a couple um i'm gonna give thomas's because i am a student of thomas um it's I'm not going to say the Latin because. Because yeah, no, because you're Egyptian. Me, yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> the Coptic in me is screaming. <laughs> no. Um, it's habitus operatus bonus, which is an operative habit that is um, moving towards an essential good or the basically your a, a habit of the soul towards an, a good end uh, mm. according to your nature. So that it's it's. In simpler terms, it's a habit that you that's not in you by nature that you develop that helps um, move your 
intellect and will towards the end to which you were created to mm-hmm. and that's built into you by nature so for example um i'm gonna so i'm gonna give this example and then i'm gonna talk about the effects of sin it's kind of theological but i think it will help frame what virtue is doing mm. if you don't mind yeah, yeah, yeah so like for example i also okay pause i told <laughs> my coworker that i was talking about virtue he's like Oh, just like that book Father Andy wrote. And I was like, crap. <laughs> you son of a gun. I totally forgot about that. So FA, I, I read the, I, I, I read the, I mean, I read his book like a year ago, but I looked, I actually went and looked through the ethics for this. So yeah, it's very good. Yeah. It's, like, it's also a great book. Shout out to, maybe, we, maybe we'll have the old, the old Andy Unin on here good at some point. Good luck trying to get him out, I know, man. I know. But great, great book that great, summarizes. Yeah. It's on Amazon. Ethics. It's like yeah. 20 bucks. It's very Read good. Read it every day of your life it's yeah <laughs> it's it's very it really it's 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 one of the best it's, it's I, I think yeah. summaries it's i've really read good. on the ethics so good and I've read, I've read a couple so and i my brother has read it i have not read it but it's in my brother's every day taylor book every day okay yeah. okay is it on the last page does it say like all right start this over again yeah i think something like that yeah Let's go. His, his examples are hilarious They're like so funny. he's a way he's a very funny writer yeah anyway, anyway. <laughs> jinx um. <laughs> so okay, when I say it's in it's it's according to your nature, right? So, like a tree, a tree does certain things that make it what it is. Um, like a, a tree grows, grows, it photosynthesizes, and when it doesn't do that, you can say that it's not doing. It's not a air quotes good tree. Like it's there's something wrong when a tree is not photosynthesizing and it's yellow, there's something wrong because there's something intrinsic to it that's making the kind of, um, you know, more than, I'm, you know, we have a tendency to be very materialist. It's just a bunch of atoms yeah. doing these kind of things. There's something like Descartes will say that life is just heat. It's just atoms moving against each other. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, if you, <laughs> if you microwave a bunch of plant matter that's like dead stuff and you put it in the microwave, that's heat and like molecular motion, but that's not life. Yeah. So there's something intrinsic to, there's something more to just this air quote heap of matter that's making it be what it is. And that's mm-hmm. what we would call a soul. It's the principle of life, yeah. um, of motion within a, um, an organism. So we can say that there is this tree that's not photosynthesizing. There's something wrong with it. And according to its nature, which is um, informed by the soul that it should be doing, like photosynthesizing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this, we can do the same with a human being, right? That we can look at what a human being is and we can kind of get something generic like animal or monkey. Yeah. Monkey with anxiety. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's actually Thomas's definition. I'm, I'm kidding. It's not. It's not. That's um, definitely the... <laughs> The classical definition is rational animal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. we have a <laughs> not anxious monkey, not anxious monkey. Dang, dang it! Yeah. <laughs> That's the Jack definition is anxious monkey. <laughs> That's a pretty funny definition, actually. I'm gonna keep that one in the back anxious pocket. Anxious monkey. Anxious monkey. We're just anxious monkeys, guys. Anxious yeah. bag of water. <laughs> um, rational animal is is <laughs> the classical definition. Yes. <laughs> um, rational animal. We have a rational soul. Um, that allows us to do um, intellective activity to uh, 
I, the, the, sen- the, the essence of what that activity is, is knowing the whatness of things. Yeah. In yeah. Latin, quiddity. Mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm. that. Oh, man. Quiddity. I had such a hard time with that <laughs> in school. Yeah. Could never really figure out exactly what it was. The whatness. The whatness. Yeah. What, so you know, no what it was, things are. It was are. really tough for me. Yeah. 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 You'll have to define things, right? Yeah. So I, th- I think that, um, so going with Aquinas's like definition and his, his thought on it, I think is obviously the more perfect way of seeing um, virtue, at least more perfect than Aristotle because, because Aquinas has Revolution. the sanctification of the crucifixion, right? And, and the resurrection, right? So, um, like, for example, the, the, I think the big thing, right, for, for Aquinas is that God plays a part, right, in, <clears throat> in, yeah. in the definition and in virtue in general, right? There's an end. And, and Aristotle also thought there was an end, right? And yeah. to all things, right? It, it, what did he call it? Um, eudem- oh. Happiness, right? His, his yes, yes. Eudomania. Oh, I don't know. It's called. Dude, Greek is even worse. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was like eudo- eudomania yeah. or something like that, right? And it's like the happiness. It's like the, the happiness of happiness or whatever. And so Aquinas had the same thing, right? With the, the telos, right? Which is our end. But it was very sanctified, like heaven. There's right? two then, ends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like sin does three things to us. I just, sorry. I needed to just lay out Thomistic and Aristotelian anthropo- uh, anthropology yes. this, for this to make sense. But effect, sin does three things. It darkens the intellect, weakens the will, and inflames the passions, right? Mm-hmm. So reason gets knocked off its leading horse where it, it was in charge of the passions, like our desires, bodily desires. Those take over, and we lose sight. Reason is no longer ordered to the divine end, and passions are no longer ordered to the rational end, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You just described everyone at a rock concert. I just described everyone ever all the time. Like, <laughs> also <laughs> fair. Yes. Um, yeah. We, uh, it's hard for us to even, to, we rarely, even, even in the light of grace, uh, we do this a lot more than I would say someone not in grace, but to think about our divine end. like, And that's not a bad thing, but at the same time it is because we are ordered to a supernatural end. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are two different kinds of virtues. Um, there's... Um, the in in a very large summary, there's the four cardinal virtues, right? Or the moral virtues, the moral right? Moral virtues, yeah. yeah. Prudence, temperance, justice, and fortitude. And then there's the three theological, which are um, faith, hope, and love, or faith, hope, and charity. Um, and back to the moral virtues, I think this will be a cool, a, a good distinction to make is that there are acquired virtues which you acquire by um, a rational choice mm-hmm, to acquire mm-hmm. them, and that's what Aristotle spent all his time on. Thomas then makes the distinction, I think, following Augustine, but he really takes this. I mean, he really does the, a lot of the groundwork, and I mean, the Summa, like that, the Secundes, yeah, Secundes, Secundes is like all, all of this yeah, virtues yeah, yeah. is that there's both acquired by nature that you acquire with your you know, through practice, but there's also infused by grace. And mm-hmm. this is where grace really comes in is that you can have, there's the dual ends of the human person. Right. right. I mean, th- there's the natural end, natural happiness, but that is ultimately ordered to the supernatural end and acquired cardinal virtues order you to your natural end. Supernatural, the infused cardinal virtues order you to the supernatural end. Right. Um, and then I think, this is kind of like a spiritual note, I think, that is 
important, I, at least was a really big like eye opener for me when I was learning this is that faith, hope, and love, and then the the infused virtues are pure gift with someone yeah. in the life of grace. Like you don't earn those or work. You can't practice them. They're given to you by grace. Um, and that it's just, that's a gift from God because it's a supernatural end. And the only, the work of grace can restore that damage because the, why it's, those are necessary is to, is to undo those effects of sin. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you can, but you can also ask for grace to help you in the, acquired acquiring the natural ones it's because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a lot harder excuse me it's a lot harder to acqu- like aquinas will say yes you can acquire these by nature you can acquire the acquired yeah, by yeah, nature, yeah, 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 yeah yeah but it's a lot harder it takes a lot longer and they last not that long because yeah. the effects of sin are pretty, pretty strong pretty strong mm-hmm. so always ask for grace you know um that's a very that's a sixty thousand view of 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 all of that, but we can go into more about, I, I think that you, like yeah. the, um, so it is imp- like what, what I think Thomas perfected, right. With Aristotle, well, not what Thomas perfected, what God perfected, right. Through revelation and stuff was were the, th- <laughs> it was Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. It was Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Through revelation are the, you know, the, the, the faith, hope, and love, right? The infused virtues we receive at baptism, and the so theological, yeah. theological virtues, right? And so it's, um, it's a heresy to think that we can, we can just be good people, right? Which is what, which is what you know Aristotle proposed, right? And then and then and then it's perfected, right? But we we can't just be good people. You so you can be naturally good. You can't be you can't be perfect. Yeah, you can't be perfect, and, and you and, can't you can't acquire the gifts of grace through merit that was that no. was lucifer's sin yeah. right yeah 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 and so um, so i think that that that's an important especially as catholics right and and as evangelizers right is to always remember that is that you know there there is that that second end right there is that well, heaven right yeah. it's a supernatural end and and we need grace to do that we need sanctifying grace to do that and and that only comes with with well with god so yeah so it'll the, the virtues that Aristotle proposes, right? Those those twelve examples that he gives, right? Only take you so far. You they they help you get to the natural end, yeah. But yeah. um, the natural end is ultimately ordered to the supernatural end. Um, yep. That we've you know through revelation is is taught that, that that's that's revealed and yeah. that's it's like it's. I don't want to like. It's not just like this extra work that we have to do, right? It's our ultimate happiness is ended, is is headed towards that end, right? And the virtues are not just this kind of like list of things that you have to like always be calculating when you do something, right? These are just like, like a Rubik's cube, for example, has different sides, and we can talk about each of the sides. It's green, it's red, but we're at the end of the day, talking about one cube, right? Yeah. In the same way, the virtues are different sides of the cube of happiness, right? These are just the these are just specific activities of human happiness that you're doing, mm-hmm. and we're just dis- we're just assigning, you know, based on the kind of activity, like the activity, like for, I use this example, like the uh, justice, right? Yeah. Depending on your relationship with someone, you owe them a certain amount of thing. A certain amount of time, 
attention um, amount of your life. Yeah. Depending on your relationship to them, right? Yeah. So, like, my buddy Noah, I owe him a, fi- a good amount of, of he goes, because he's one of my best friends, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I owe Lauren more. Yeah. Because she's my girlfriend, right? Correct, yeah. And uh, so, but it's not like, okay, time to be just and hang out with these people <laughs> to do my happy. No, it's like, I'm, that's not my first thought, my first thought is like, oh, I want to, I'm happy. Like, it makes me happy to hang out with these people. And I mm-hmm. want to do that. So when you, when virtue is virtue in the soul, you do it because you love the end to which it's moving you towards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So there's different, also, I think br- showing up with the, uh, the vice to virtue spectrum is going to be very helpful. And th- that, that, I think that's, yeah, that's definitely something, at least for me, when I first read, when I first read that, right, which is in the ethics, right? Yeah, it's a uh, book seven. Yeah, so so when I first read, it made so much yeah. sense to me, like, a- apart from you know being a practicing Catholic and having been taught, you know, Catholic philosophy and theology, and like apart from it, just made so much sense how he lays it out in there. Beautiful. And it I, just it yeah. just kind of clicked. I don't I don't know if that was your experience too, Taylor reading. Or I guess when you're first seeking, because you were a Protestant before, I was, and so like, I don't know if I don't know if, because you were still a Protestant when you were at school at a Catholic school, yeah, and that probably was fun, yeah, right. we won, we won, <laughs> and so I don't know Woo. if, if re- so when I when I first read that the ascent from like vice to virtue in the, those four steps or those four, do you want to kind of things he has? I was just, yeah, it just made so much sense for, for our listeners who don't know what we're talking about so aristotle lays out four general categories of the the movement of us of someone from vice to virtue so vice is when you're doing something doing an evil or something unnatural doing something disordered right because when we do something on or disordered we we the end that we want is like the person who is sleeping around all of the time and is a sex addict say they does the good that they want in the sexual act and in the the unity and companionship there's a real good there yeah right but the means the way that they're approaching it and the amount they want it is disordered right yes it's it's like the tree that's not photosynthesizing like we (laughs) can say that this is something doing damage yeah when this was is going on so someone in vice vice generally is when there is a disorder or an evil being done and the person does it as if it was a good mm-hmm. and they don't even realize that they're doing it. Cool note that I just learned like a couple weeks ago or a week ago listening to this uh, a paper was that the life of grace and baptism and the sacraments, when, when you're in the, the state of grace and living the life of grace, it allows you to see vice as vice. So you never drop down to vice. Yeah. If you're in the state of grace, mm-hmm. it you stay at the level of incontinence. <laughs> at, at, at worst, is yeah. you, you're incontinent. So yeah. the next at step, worse. at the next so step, it's, so it's vice, vicious man. The vicious, the man. vicious man is the and lowest. And then, then the moving up one is incontinence, which is you know the thing you're doing is wrong, but you still do it. Correct. Um, and 
we're probably a lot of our life is spent in these two <laughs> categories is of inconsonance, yeah. and then right above inconsonance is just continence, a right? continent, man, which yeah. is when you know the good and you do it, but you still want to do the bad. Yeah. So I think, and I think this one which is where we, g- I, yeah, giving an example here, I think is is good. So. I'm gonna steal Father I, Father Andy's example because I thought it was I thought I loved it so much. Um, and if you guys have other examples, it'd be great. But I really thought his was really funny, so I'm gonna say it. So he says, for for this specific category, he says, um, the guy who wants to go to the strip club, but then doesn't, but still really wants to go, but he knows he shouldn't, so he doesn't, right? But he still desires to go. Yeah, and. I think this is where most practicing Catholics kind not of like... Not necessarily a strip club example. No, 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 no. In no, no, general. In general, this category, oh. this section, like these two, between incontinent man I want to go on podcast man. and pretend I'm smart. But I know I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. So we're not joking. that smart. Yeah, we're you not. You know the name yeah, of our yeah, podcast? Yeah, that was the... That was the Let's that was go. The, yeah. You told him. I, told I did. Him. I am aware of Okay, things. and then the one above <laughs> the continent man. Is virtue, is virtue, which is you do the good as good because you desire the good as good. And that one is very tough. Okay, <laughs> I have a comment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think something that wasn't emphasized to me as much when I was first learning about these things that I think is super duper epic is with consonants and virtue, like that jump, a lot of it's just like desire, right? Which is because of concupiscence pretty difficult to kind of obtain you know a good desire you can't really control your desires you have to build such a great habit of it that it starts to become like beautiful to you Mm -hmm. which i think is really interesting um and so i don't i don't think there's like i'm i guess i'm not trying to get at something too particular when, when mentioning this but i just i think it's very reassuring for people to understand that like virtue is what we want to get to but like god god doesn't I mean, he cares about our desires, and that's yeah. perfection. So we need yeah. to work towards that We're not perfection, Buddhists, right? We yeah, don't castrate them out. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's that's beautiful. But God wouldn't really consider like desiring the strip club a sin as long as you're not like acting on it. It's just like the desires in and of themselves are present, and then you reject them. And as you continue to reject them, you build virtue, you grow in sanctifying grace, and hopefully, eventually, you get to a point where you don't even desire it and find it revolting because it's a disfigurement of sexuality so i just find that to be very beautiful like continence is a very good place to be at and in fact a very like normal place to be at yeah until you get to a certain point of habitual virtue yeah Yeah, so it's like the struggle just being okay with the struggle yeah and 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 and, and that struggle is i think what many saints call holiness right is is the consistent fight of of trying to be you know perfect in virtue And, and i think what you said is very good about um just because just, just you have that thought and you desire that maybe inordinately, right? Like, doesn't mean that that's a sin. And, unless it's, unless, unless it is a yeah. sin in, You're your, like in your heart. Will I, I don't want to, yeah, this is, ve- I don't, yeah, it, this is very helpful too, but I also want to make these distinctions for people who struggle with scrupulosity. Because in my own, in my yep. own moral life, I can become too categorical, like, it, categorical. you can become very categorical and it moves a lot. You can start getting into a very, um, if if it's not done with, you know, if it's not taken slow and you have people to help you kind of work through, especially a spiritual, pertaining to your own spiritual life too, yeah, yeah, rather than just kind of learning this stuff in a more academical thing, academic 
setting or just in an independent study because this stuff is you're learning stuff that will pertain to your spiritual life. But, yeah. Um, you can you can easily become kind of scrupulous where it becomes like, oh shoot, like I want this you know this thing and it's bad. Uh, you know, and that's a sin. It's not. It's not. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, having a spiritual advisor is always good because um, I forget the point I'm bringing why I brought this up, but. No, it's good. It's yeah, good. It's good. Desires, to I say that desires mm-hmm. are not like desires are are a good thing. Too, yeah, we're not right? Stoics. Like Thomas Aquinas was not a Stoic. No, despite no. what many Enlightenment philosophers Would think say, and yeah. say, it's like he he was not a Stoic. He was like, no, passions really good, but they have to be ordered. That's ordered, the though. key. Yeah, ordered, they have to yeah. be. So, like, um, like the monastics live the life of continence. I think that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. They live the life of continence, where, um, and I think. Your, the text that you sent me about the topic of this was specifically the virtuous man. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to mention something. This applies to both both sexes, but I mean, universe. Uh, this applies to the, this applies to the human species. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a, a, a distinction specifically for 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 men. Okay, um, is that the the combination of virtues that equal restraint is going to be char- characteristic of a man's entire life mm. is that restraint on all levels of the appetitive powers is going to be what really makes a man a, 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 man, a man right yeah i love aragorn from lord of the rings <laughs> i think Ar- i think as much as the peter jackson movies were you know didn't have the barrow downs you know you know, yeah, you know, the book they missed a lot. They missed a lot. They were still cool though. I'm what not was gonna, the, I'm not gonna. Oh, lie. they were so good. Arag- Viggo so Mortensen good. is Aragorn. Yeah, like is epic. One of my it, top, probably top male role models. Not okay, maybe not top. <laughs> my dad, my uncle, <laughs> Joseph, the Christ himself, yeah. probably would take top. But Viggo Mortensen <laughs> is Aragorn is pretty close. Yeah, it's it's his, so good. His on-screen portrayal of masculinity, I think, is for a movie made in the past twenty years, is beautiful. Um, yeah, that was very good. And I don't. This doesn't exactly translate to restraint, but it sort of does. Um, but back to the res- restraint point. Maybe we can talk about Aragorn more. But <laughs> restraint, like you know that that talks about. I mean, the 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 lower passions, right? Sex, food, drink, mm-hmm. mostly sex because that's one of the big ones that yeah. gets disordered and misfigured disfigured by sin mm-hmm. restraint and um working to order that and asking for the grace for that is going to be i mean that applies to both both men and women but there is a the the, the way that it's presented to the man is more um aggressive i would say than, i think so too so restraint there's a kind of um, priority there and then also like dude i want a miata so bad like if i could just buy a miata <laughs> i love those things okay uh, what is that it's a mazda miata it's a it's a it's a, it's a little japanese sports car from uh, the 1990s okay cool, cool two-seater cool. real drive <laughs> i'll have to look it up yeah <laughs> it's a pop-up headlights perfect weekend car right but like i'm not i want to get married so i'm gonna not i'm gonna Spend i'm gonna money i'm that. gonna order that good <laughs> For later in life, and you know, so there, there's that kind of restraint too, where you can't just spend all your money on stupid stuff. 
no matter how cool it might be, right? Yeah, and, so and, and and I think the thing with with restraint, I think it does definitely characterize the man, as you were saying. But specifically, Aristotle, that was his, like how you act out virtue was, um, like for him, it's it's the it's the golden mean, right? And yeah. On one side, there's excess, and on the other side defect. is uh, defect, right? And so, so for him, it's like the middle spot. That's where virtue is, right? Yeah. So, if dude, you, if you do. So the spending money one's like a good one, right? Like generosity, right? And so yeah, you can buy nice things for you yourself. You can buy nice things for yourself, right? But there's an excess, right? And I think that would be unvirtuous of you to buy the car if you want to get married, yeah, for no. example. And then don't worry, Lauren, I'm not buying a Miata. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do not <laughs> so fret. Right? And on the other side is stinginess, right? So yeah. there's stinginess, and then there's you know where you're like, oh, yeah. dude. Oh, um, what's it? What's it? Prodigality, yeah, prodigality and stinginess, and in the middle is genera- generosity. Magnaman- magnanimity. Magnanimity. I know how to say it. It's eight thirty or whatever on nine twelve in the morning. Yeah, yeah. This triple shot is slowly hitting the neurons. No, it's a triple shot of caffeine, guys. It's only one hundred seventy-five milligrams. I don't know. I think that's a lot. You're inflaming the passions. I am. Okay. You want, I, I might have a <laughs> neurodependency on coffee. Oh, I yeah. love coffee. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I've limited myself to one cup. Cup. Yeah. So, but sometimes I, they yeah. get extraordinarily larger. The cups. Somehow. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> somehow. More, more bean feel. juice ends up in yeah. the cup. They're, they're, okay. So Not just real, right there. real, real quick. Cause it's <laughs> hilarious. There was this artist who um, would only smoke like one pipe a day. Right. It was just one pipe, but there was this observation that the pipe, like was huge carrier, like it kept the getting bowl. larger and larger, the, the bowl, bowl. <laughs> over time. Packing a freaking <laughs> gallon sized bowl of just carrying out a tub. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> tub That's of tobacco. Hilarious. So funny. It's only one guys. Yeah. Come on. Just one. Just one. That's Anyways. pretty funny. Um, I yeah, I don't want to go too far. Yeah, from yeah. Coffee thing, but, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I so I I do think that yeah, the the golden mean I think is um is very fair. If you, especially if you're just starting off with like these ideas and stuff, it's like, well, how do I know I'm being virtuous? And it's like, just don't be excessive and don't be defective. Yeah. I guess is yeah. the other word. And if right? you're and, and if you're struggling with something too, the way uh, this is gonna sound. I don't mean to sound patronizing or to gaslight, but this is this is I'm just quoting the tradition is the way to acquire an acquired virtue is to just act like you have the virtue until you have the virtue. And that yeah. requires that requires work like, and humility. And humility to know that you have a vice or or you're in con- you're heavily in consonance. Um like a gym for gym going to the gym for example. Like I hate it so much. Dude I, it's the worst for me because I am a skinny little boy. Um, <laughs> gaining, this is probably gonna flip on me in the next five years when my metabolism slows down. But oh, I can't gain man. weight. I haven't been able to gain five pounds in the past five months, but it's required me to train the way I eat and not do it. I I really like. We have one of our apologists as a like weightlifter and bodybuilder. So I like Catholic answers. I answers. So I was like, dude, how do you like eat? <laughs> to gain muscle mass and not be gluttonous. He's like, well, you know, you got to like, you know, cal- calorically dense foods, all of it. There's, there's tricks to do it, but sure. um, it's, it takes like, I, I had to train myself not only to, it's like 70% dieting. Yeah. And then 30% actually training. And both of those took a long time for me to like 
get with. I was on and off for so long. Yeah. Um, and the it's, it's slow, <laughs> but uh, that's just an example. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's probably more. You know, depending on the thing that you're struggling with, it'll be a lot harder than lifting weights. If it's especially if it's something to do with. Yeah, and and I think it's important for people. Passions. Yeah, I think it's important for people to understand that if there is someone who is working towards it and and takes this tr- kind of traditional approach of acting like you have the virtue right or or really being very exaggerated in it so let's say you struggle with um being joyful or whatever just like i guess that relates to trusting god right but if there's someone then who who you see who's just overly exaggerate hi how are you like oh i'm so good and just like always like that like give them the benefit of the doubt what if they're what if they're not actually like that, but they're trying yeah, to don't be? Don't be like this person. Is yeah, this person is annoying. fake or annoying. Oh like, gosh, go away from me. Yeah, please. give people the benefit of yeah. the doubt, right? Or 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 when someone, I I remember this example is like going to the bar or whatever. You go to the bar and you're all having a beer, and then this one guy is like, "No, like I'm, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna drink." Be like, right "Oh, come on, dude, come on, but don't be a wussy yeah, or whatever." So it's like, yeah. it's like, have a beer, brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, what if that guy's made a commitment on, to man. only, like, have one yeah. beer a week and you already had or Like, we don't know. Yeah. So, it's just, like, always giving people benefit of the doubt because you don't know where they are in their strive for holiness in in their strive for virtue, right? So, yeah. I think that's very important to Also, too, um, the material, the material, how your matter, like, the term is how your matter is supposed. Basically, how, like, um... What you guys both stretch the same way? <laughs> yeah. Same time. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna use an example to describe this because it, it's do gonna it. be so. The person who struggles is in a, a porn addict, right? Mm-hmm. The way that they grow in virtue is gonna look. It's gonna be the same, but it's also gonna look different because of, of an addiction. Is the kind of the next? If we want to go further down from vice, there's addiction where mm-hmm. there's something in. And, and like, there's multiple. There's some really good papers by some Thomistic psychologists on this. Mm. Um, there's a whole book on Thomistic psychology. It's like two thousand pages, so Jeez. I recommend it warily because it's a lot. I have <laughs> I've read chapters. <laughs> it's your day reading. Yeah, you just wake oh, up man. and you're like, all right, time for some time Thomistic. Yeah, let's psychology. talk about freaking psychosomatic That's neuroactive oh, synaptogenesis. Noise. Um, but. The person who's addicted and has some sort of dopamine imbalance, that's gonna like if you're listening and you're you have you're struggling with some sort of addiction, I don't I don't want you to like be I mean, wanting to get virtuous is good, but don't like don't be super I mean, be not I gotta phrase this very particularly like strive for the good and if you're desiring the good and you wanna get out of it, that's 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 a good thing, right? But um, the you you know we're we're both our souls and our bodies, and your body is trained for a certain thing. It's a it's the work to get out of there is very hard. So I I would, if you are any sort of addiction, having people to help you out of that because that they will help you build the habit to get out of there. Because getting even out of addiction requires replacing the addictive behavior with a new feedback loop of a of of a positive trade-off right some sort of good um you anytime you have the thought to do whatever the addiction is right you have to then replace every time that you have that thought or you, every time you feel the craving you have to 
you have to do a good whatever you are like the opposite of that that addiction is you try and do so you replace like for example if you um i mean i'm just gonna use the porn example because that's the one that seems to plague the most people Mm -hmm. in our day and age unfortunately Mm -hmm. if you have the urge to do that replace every time you have the urge you say three hail marys and you talk to someone yeah you just you doing both of those um or do it doesn't have to be three hammers. It can be something else. Like you do like ten push ups, whatever yeah. every time. Um, that's gonna and saying them out loud too. Like, oh, dude, there's this one French Dominican. The intellectual life, I cannot pronounce French. Staring y'all, staring. It's I can't remember the name. I'm really bad with names, guys. I'm sorry, but it's this <laughs> French Dominican who wrote a book on the intellectual life, right? Oh, um, Sertolange. Yes. Uh, okay. I always want to say love Sartre. That book. Sartre. Sartre. Yeah. 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 Sertolange. Yes. You know what I'm talking it's about. It's a gangster book. It is great. I highly recommend it for anyone. Uh, but he talks about saying prayer out loud because it does. It schmacks differently, yes, guys. Yes, that is a good way to put it. Yeah, it does. Same <laughs> thing with, um, and also getting people who know the brain really well, too. Like, you know. A Catholic therapist can really help with yeah. getting you out of addiction. Well, this is where this whole habit. I'm going to manifest it thing comes from. It's like very rooted in our, like, especially in the Eastern tradition, right, of, yeah. of Catholicism, where it's like, no, we were doing that first. It was like, yeah, saying prayer out loud can be very, very helpful. And like, yeah. now it's turned into, I'm going to van- manifest my reality like into the world. Weird. I know. Um, okay. I did have a comment though. So, because yeah. I, I think a lot about mental health these days. Um, so, I do think, and, if you want to push back, like, let me know. Cause I, I, I'm not married to these ideas, but this is, these are some of the conclusions that I've reached. So, um, there's addiction and then there's attachment. I think there are two different things. Yes. Um, so I think a lot of people like to use the word addiction for attachment. And I think that's a problem because we all have attachment, some of them stronger than others, I think. And this is maybe where I'm wrong, but I think that addictions need to be like diagnosed or walked through by a third party like someone outside of that person's own personal judgment about whether or not it's an addiction, whether it's a spiritual director or a therapist or a psychologist of some sort, or even a professor in some cases, like someone that you know is smarter than you and that you can trust can give you the guidance necessary to get through addictions. I think trying to self-diagnose addictions can get a little bit relative. Yeah. You could also, um, if you have any sort of like OCD tendencies, you can start thinking you have something you don't and acting like yeah, you do. Yeah, and that's tough. So, yeah, no, t- I totally... Cool. There, But there are... I w- the only thing I will say, kind of in a remote... Uh, as, a, as a response is that there are things that are extremely highly addictive. Like these existential re- like crisis rectangles yes. that we carry around. Yes. I always watch my... I call them my depression boxes. Depression boxes, yeah. I always watch my... I have... um screen time and it's like 45 minutes a day of instagram and i'm like how did i get here scary yeah so these are there are things that are extremely addictive um so the only thing i basically if there i think if you if you're doing things repeatedly that you know are highly highly addictive um i mean pornography any sort of alcohol mater- alcohol material thing and it's a repeated thing and you can start you where it becomes a like a a daily you, you know you there's a you're having withdrawals like there's that's 
you have a dopamine imbalance and there's there's a there's a, it's a, a like by definition a, an addiction so there are, i would definitely with like the smaller little the attachment things i would for sure agree with you too cuz you can have i think having i i i experienced this with having like in a uh my relationship with Lauren too like little things that i do um that are just quirks of my person that yeah. are kind of these um mental attachment things that I'll do in social situations um that yeah. are that she can see that I can't but but I would also say that addiction properly speaking you'll I think you'll know um especially when it's a highly addictive thing sometimes you don't well, I will I, say sometimes you don't you have someone to be like dude you can't be downing like a handle of Jack Daniels well, and Every so, morning. yeah, facts. <laughs> and and I, I think, I think the toughest one, as far as I know, to see that, like, to, to not admit that you're addicted to is, is like drugs, right? Because yeah. the drugs really screw with yeah. like the chemicals in your brain. So, um, so I think that, that one's a tough one for people to be like, I'm not addicted. Yeah. I'll just, just have some heroin like once a week. I'm chilling. It's like, no, yeah. that's going to destroy your life. Like, so, yeah. so that, and I think the important thing is that it's a, it's a slow process like getting from getting from attachment or addiction to a more balanced kind of life vice where you know Mm -hmm. and so it's like it's a slow slow process i remember going back to the coffee example this is kind of a silly example right but i used to drink way more coffee than i do now like way more like three four cups a day and i drink one and a half you know sometimes two two cups a day now so but I remember when, when that would happen, I remember for one of, during Lent, I was like, I'm going to give up coffee. And I was drinking like four days at that point. You are a brave man. Okay, yeah. So, so and I was like, okay, I'm going to give up coffee, right? So I, I, I did cold turkey. I gave up coffee, right? And my head uh, yeah, was imploding. I would get these horrible, yeah. horrible headaches. And I was just like, what is happening? And so I remember at that time, my superior was like, what are you doing? Like, what, why are you? And I was like, well, I gave up coffee for Lent. And he was like, did you drink a lot before? And I was like, yeah, like, four, yeah, like four cups a day. And he's like, oh, yeah, you can't do yeah. that. You're going to get sick or whatever. Yeah. And so so then he said, do this. Like, yeah, they eventually give him coffee. But when you when you have your coffee, like every single day, put a little bit more milk and a little bit less, less coffee. coffee yeah. A little bit more milk and a little bit less coffee. So it's a, it was like a, it was like a slow progression of like yeah. more milk. And, and eventually it was like half milk, half coffee, more milk. That, in, until eventually I was just drinking Milk, just milk. Milk. And so, <laughs> milk. so it's kind of a silly example, but like that, you it's a very slow process. Grass-fed whole raw milk. Oh yeah. Let no. me tell you, the chunky, uh, the chunky milk. You can only have like 125 milliliters of that, <laughs> which is like less than eight ounces, because you can't, your body just can't <laughs> like process it. So we're not. Sounds like to sissy it. talk, Jack. <laughs> I drink a gallon of milk every day. Raw come milk. Yeah. Like it's really good. But yeah, your tummy might hurt <laughs> a little bit. So the way Italians only have like uh, they will only drink espresso. Yeah, or I love it. At least at like the at most an eight ounce latte, if that. Because the if you look at the latitude, the geography. Yeah. This is really tangential, but yeah. South of that, whatever that line is, you have the butter users north. Butter users. Dairy remains, and then yeah. Greece, Italy. Uh, the Middle East are all oil users. Yeah. And uh, the Italians, 
genetic, you have a high population of people who are lactose intolerant because they use oil because you couldn't keep dairy. Dang. That's rough. Anyway. Back anyway, to, back to it. It's yeah. a slow. It is. It's a process. And it's it a depen- process. Also, depending on the kind of thing, too. And this is where prudence. Prudence is one of these cardinal. cardinal it's the driving, virtues. the driving one, right? It's yeah, the one it's, that drives justice, temperance, and fortitude. Yeah, and it's it deals with means rather than ends, whereas right. the other three deal with ends. These deal with the means of how you acquire a given, given end, right? Depending on the thing that you're addicted to, requires a different kind of approach. So if you're addicted to something that, um, in itself produces some effect like alcohol for example produces the effect of drunkenness, drunkenness and you have an addiction you can the weaning process you know or the coffee for example because it can be it can be damaging to just especially with drugs like my sister's my girlfriend's sister wor- as an ICU nurse and they have a lot of addicts that come in and they have to they'll have to feed them yeah heroin yeah. otherwise they just will t- so Obviously, that's different. You have we have much <laughs> different kind of things that we're even if you have some sort of material addiction. But like, the difficult thing is there are some uh, things you're addicted to. I mean, I'm going back to the porn thing because that's a really re- relevant yeah. problem for people. You can't like wean that. Like, yeah, you, that's, that's it's a really idea. hard kind of thing to do because you can't be like, all right, I'm only gonna do five minutes today it's well and it's also because it's a sin like it's also because it's, it's, it's intrinsic it's to int- what it, yeah S- same thing with well so it's we've it's, been talking we've been talking yeah but but it, it, well, it is a I, sin i it should a sin. yeah i should also clarify i need being a thomist we got to make some distinctions here oh right. snap i think oh, jack I, I think jack may agree with mine att- yeah we well, should okay. do another okay so Go. so i don't I, I, may, I may not i may yeah. not i may not want to jump into this because yeah did you see the the Dennis Prager, Matt Frad, forty-minute spiel oh. on on whether pornography is intrinsic. Oh. Dude, after this, you work at Catholic Answers. I don't watch a lot of Matt Frad. It's because he. I thought they were best friends. Catholic Answers and Matt Frad, they're best buddies forever. Anyway, he, he is growing pints with Aquinas. He it's, we, it's we don't have him on a lot anymore. Yeah. He's doing his own thing, and I, 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 my my reading requires me to have other. There's my attention day. elsewhere. Than the you probably have the better part. Maybe. Anyway, yeah. so so but Dennis Prager. Me. Dennis Prager went on Pints of the Aquinas, right? Because because uh, Father Pavanka from from Franciscan University invited Prager to give a talk to the students or whatever. Prager said a, a controversial thing about pornography, basically saying like it's good, it's fine if you watch it. Um, but but he meant like fifties Playboy, which like naked women. Which, so which he said, "Playboy's chill." Well, like just like not like the intimate of intimates was shown, but like Nudity. a lot of the body, yeah, okay. general. So, and he said it was fine. Him, his parents used to watch it together, and it and it's and so obviously Matt Frad being like being the what? guy that he is, just like this is <laughs> so disordered. Look at Playboy together, and so and so so Matt Frad's like, this yeah, is I very think very- Thomas would size with. Uh, with Frat on this one, so, <laughs> you think? Yeah, <laughs> you think I'm just gonna go out on a whim here, guys. So, so, but obviously, the Catholic world, the Catholic podcast world, and everyone lost who listens to it lost their minds. We're like, "What, Dennis Prager? What is okay with?" Porn? And so, anyway, so Taylor and I have since then had multiple conversations on the distinctions 
and kind of splitting hair arguments that I think need to be present, especially when you're talking with someone like Dennis Prager, who's a very, very intellectual, right? And I think you would agree with them. I don't want to go into them now. Yeah. Basically, it's not as black and white as Matt Frad sees it. Yeah, I always like starting with ends and working kind of top down um, and what what the, the passions are ordered to, I think. Yeah. I yeah, will say yeah. my first comment, going back to the kind of the addictive thing too, um, with things that are intrinsically sinful and... Like murder. Yeah, if you're like a murder addict, <laughs> that's, you know, that, that's bad. <laughs> I'm going to use the porn example because it's a different kind of sin. Um, the culpability... Right is lessened in an addictive state, so and, and I don't it, want people to be like just absolutely tearing themselves apart. Like you should, like culpability is a culpability and intention. Intention, yeah, those are the two. So big for any ones. for for all of my, um, I don't know. I almost said schizophrenic. That's not the word. <laughs> oh. Scrupulous. Sorry. Yeah, I have dyslexia. Which makes things very interesting sometimes. For me. <laughs> um, my, what's the word? Scrupulous. I, I keep thinking schizophrenic. No, scru- no scrupulous. scrupulous. For my scrupulous homies out there. Yeah. For a moral sin to be a moral sin, you have to have act, circumstance, intention. Right. So if the circumstance is material disposition, qua addiction, mm-hmm. um, and you have an intention, and it's a, kind of the intention of incontinence. Yeah. Where you don't want to do this, but you because of this intense whatever you give in, the culpability is going to look different. You still, depending on the the amount of human act involved, yeah. it will still be, anytime you have, a, a, no matter, even if it's highly, highly inf- uh, you know, coerced by the passions, there still has to be some sort of consent of will, yeah. but the culpability can be lessened. Very lessened. Or and, and, the ca- and the catechism says even up to... Even up to it, not, not big because, and that deals more with addiction, right? But when the catechism yeah. talks about this specifically, it's like, yeah, you have to look at the culpability, and it can even be up to like you're, you're not, you're not able, yeah. you're not able and to. This not. is where prudence comes in because mm-hmm. the moral life is so complicated that making generalizations can be very difficult because yeah. each, each, we don't moral life doesn't take place in in universals; it takes place in particulars, right? Mm-hmm applying universal so it has to it has to be a case-by-case thing so yeah okay so um although i i think i generally agree with everything you guys are saying i do think there are two points that i'd like to sort of flesh out the idea a little bit more so the first one would be um oh come on come on bring it back come on taylor continence Um, continence yes um so again i don't think it's it's good to self-diagnose these things um, especially when it comes to like serious sins, like I think mortal sins should not be self-diagnosed. Maybe like, yeah, I, I just think as like a general statement, like there should be some conversation with like a priest or some mentor figure that can give you more clarity as to like your culpability in it. I would totally agree. Um, so I think yeah. that's number one, but I think to kind of counterbalance that with distinctions, um, is unless you know it's it's wrong and you choose to do it then it wouldn't be a sin so yeah i think i think for some scrupulous people you just get really commonsensical very quickly it's like hey did you know that pornography is wrong to watch the person's like yes 
did you choose to do it anyways? And they're like, well, yes, I did. It's like, okay, that is the qualifier for a mortal sin. If for some reason you feel like there's more to the story than that, you should talk to somebody who's maybe smarter than me or like you have to find someone to get personal with basically. That person can kind of help you yeah. through whether or not there's a culpability sort of question in that. But I, I do think like it, it's very helpful, especially for scrupulous people to have it put that way. Yeah, um, I would agree. Because if you, yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah. yeah, just the commonsensical route I think is always the best one when talking about culpability. I spent, you know, good part of the last two years, you know, reading a lot on moral life. Yeah. And I still need an authority in my life. Oh yeah. To hammer these things out. Like I'm not that smart. We're not that smart. We're not that smart. That's why you're on this show, yeah. brother. Yeah. Welcome to the <laughs> so club. I, you need, <laughs> you need someone, you, you need that authority too. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, the life of grace, this is why I think, the, the normative mode of having the merits of Christ applied to you through the church and the Holy Spirit is so important because that gives you the prudence to see it, 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 it you know, I love the prayer before study by Thomas Aquinas because he says, you know, it's like, oh, oh, father, ineffable creator, lifted high above all things, pour forth a ray of thy brightness into the twofold darkness into which I was born, sin and <laughs> ignorance. Beautiful <laughs> prayer. But Epic. grace enlightens the intellect and it strengthens the will. So you have more clarity um, in the life of grace to see these things that we're talking about. Yeah. And this is why friendship is important too. Because yeah. you you have, you know, you can have see each other's blind spots. You need someone to do it with, basically. So, um, yeah. So... But yeah, I would say that the fifties Playboy thing is still. I th- I so I so Taylor and I is, the so definition of lust is sexual desire disordered from the marital act. Okay, so oh ooh ooh okay 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 yeah so I think Loosely. so I think we, I we might have to, eat we, my word. wait am I remembering that no 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 I think I think you're I think you're right but that's one of the definitions yeah. I remember so we we have to we have to kind of close this one up here because we're, we're getting uh, we're getting to that time limit but. Watch this, this okay. watch this. It's a forty-minute segment. If if you pay for, if you pay for uh, pints of the Aquinas on subscription locals. or whatever on locals, you get the full one. Oh, okay. But watch this forty-minute one because that's the really heated exchange between them, and then, then we can like discuss. And okay. if you want it, because I think we were gonna discuss it anyway in another podcast. Okay. Um. It, but we have some pretty pretty hot takes on. No, I would even argue unique. We can talk about it. Very unique. Yeah, we can talk about it. But anyway, listen to it and then we can talk. Anyway, so in summary, guys, the virtuous life. Take yeah. it slow. Have someone to help you. Like it's a it's a it's a process. It's a process yeah. building virtue, right? And and we're all just travelers. I would say, yeah, the four cardinal virtues, right? Both acquired and and then the infused theological. But I would say if if anything, going to prayer yes. and, you know, doing all the things that the church has asked us to do to dispose mm. yourself to receiving grace because that's according to your nature and the type of creature you are, that's where your happiness is going to be. And yes. this is, um, you know, it'll help you live the good life 
and yeah. um, I'll let him grace. Yeah. Um, Amen. Yeah. Okay. I did want to mention one thing though, just to kind of summarize, because I think we talked a lot of really, we talked about, um, it's just a thought that came up earlier and I never, I never really found a good time to mention it, but kind of wrap it all up. Um, like, what does it mean to be like a virtuous person? Like we, we talked about that and stuff. And I really like what you had said about, um, like you fake it till you make it kind of, <laughs> you know, fake it till you make oh, it on, on virtue. And I think, um, Christians especially get picked out as like hypocrites. Like you pretend to be all good and stuff, but you're actually like crummy and you're sinful and I think there is this sort of countercultural movement that will that will rear its ugly head sometimes that will look somewhat like like oh why not just look and be depraved in certain areas because you are anyways right like why are you trying to fake it why are you trying to dress nice why are you trying to talk nice um, there's you know there's there's nothing and this would be like sort of the the anti-Catholic view like there's nothing particularly like wrong about some of these things that you're so like nitpicky and stingy about like what's up with that. I think the Catholic response is like, look, I, I just don't agree. <laughs> like, like I want to live well. Like, and I think the very sort of like, if you look at that on the commonsensical kind of standpoint, you like look at those two people. It's like that person's trying to look nice. He's not necessarily saying that he's perfect. And I think that sometimes gets conflated. I think it's like, look, to be virtuous, you know, you'll find yourself in continence for the most part, like live that out well and ask someone to try and figure out what's wrong with that like what what's wrong with looking well and talking well and doing well and having strong opinions about cultural things um disagree with people um get to a point where you have your own opinions about things but be willing to dialogue with people like in the open plane like like what life is better than that and so when people want to come along and say like oh concede in these ways because you're a hypocrite it's like no let's 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 just think about that. That's not a good option. Just yeah. on a very sort of simple level, it's almost a stupid thing to say. Yeah. Like so stupid that it almost doesn't really deserve a response because it should make so much sense to that person, but they're either blind or maybe in vice or maybe lying yeah. to themselves. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of the bottom line for like what Church it means. Church is a field hospital, man. You yeah. Know? Yeah. In a yeah. very real sense. So I think, I think if, if that, if that's, I think that's a very sort of like just on the surface way to kind of understand virtue is like, yeah. Don't fall into that trap of like, oh, I'm going to concede to the masses or to the culture or whatever. Like, like do well and be well or else well doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. All right. I'm going to just go get more coffee. Amen. Yeah. This was fun. <laughs> thanks, guys. Speaking of vice. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks, thanks everyone. Bye.